Welcome to this Market Commentator podcast. My name is Rijk van Niekerk and it is my weekly podcast where I speak to leading investment professionals. And my guest today is James Turp. He is the head of fixed income at APSA. James, welcome to the MoneyWeb studio. We are seeing a lot of volatility in equity markets. The fixed income sector seems to be seen as a safe haven. And uh, are you seeing inflows uh, above normal? Thanks for having me, Rake. Yes, that has definitely been a trend that we've observed this year as um, asset classes have been underperforming the um, cash over the last three to five years. We're seeing a lot of rotation into the risk-averse class of fixed income and guys actually happy just to to keep their capital secure and get a, a yield on top of that that beats inflation. So we're definitely seeing a lot of interest in fixed income at the moment. Are you seeing this interest from individuals or retail investors or also from uh, institutional investors? Across the board we're seeing it. So a lot of the, the multi-asset fund managers are moving lower weightings into other, of other asset classes and into fixed income, but also pure retail investors who are just happy to 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 get sort of a cash related return on their money using it more as a preservation type tool in the short term until indications are there of perhaps a return to growth in other asset classes i'm looking at the the fund fact sheet of the core income fund at apso which you manage and the uh, yields seem to be Pretty decent, uh, north of 7%. Mm. Is that uh, to pretty much what you'll get in the whole market or are there some divergent returns uh, or yields from different fixed income funds? So for the for the moment, a product such as core income, which we call the sort of cash plus type offering, that's shown a lot of interest in that because it's a very low duration fund. It takes some low risk credit exposures. What do you mean by a low duration fund? So duration is the, the term we refer to as the interest rate risk or the, the average period of interest rate risk. So, for example, cash would be considered an overnight risk and money market is typically considered a three-month risk. Now, Cash Plus, in this case, the core income fund, it's mandated to have an interest rate duration risk of between six and 12 months. So typically, we would offer this to investors who believe their investment is going to be stable for a period of around six to 12 months, and as such, they'll be rewarded for that commitment. We've uh, seen a, a lot of volatility on equity markets, and with that I mean a lot of pressure on valuations. We've seen a significant uh, decline in the uh, JC Allshare Index for a few years now, but there's also been volatility within the bond market. Uh, we've seen the R186 move from the high 8.8% uh, 8 uh, range to 9.4%. Uh, how does that affect this market? So it does, of course. Bond returns are linked to, to inflation expectations a lot of the time. They're linked to the sovereign credit rating when we're talking about government bonds. And they're also affected by global yield behavior and global liquidity. So foreign investors form a big part of our market. They hold a great deal of our government bonds. So this year we've seen a lot of volatility. In fact, over the last few years, bonds have shown a lot of volatility. We should keep in mind also that SA government bonds over the last five or so years have provided fantastic inflation-beating returns despite the volatility. So it is an asset class you want to commit longer-term uh, investment to. 
But uh, it's been a heavily volatile year in global bond markets because the global liquidity position is changing. We've been in an environment where central banks have been providing unnatural levels of liquidity as we came out of the financial crisis in 2009 to the point now where they're reversing that, where they're stopping this unnatural buying of their own debt and providing liquidity to the the market to support it, that being unwound is unwinding global liquidity and that's affecting us as an emerging market where we'd offered higher yields to that liquidity previously. So what do you do as a fund manager in in such a volatile environment? So you've got to keep your ear to the ground, of course, with foreign developments. You, you, You find quite a high correlation between our yield behavior and dollar strength and international bond yields. So you have to keep your ear closely to the ground, as I say. Things that are topical at the moment, for instance, would be Brexit developments, of course, for global trade, the US versus China, and all those uh, disputes affect the, the potential yields on our bonds too, as well as a matter as small as it may appear such as Italy and what's going on in their economy at the moment within the Eurozone. So these are all global topical matters you've got to keep an eye on, whilst also paying attention to inflation and other monetary developments uh, and fiscal developments here at home. We've seen a significant outflow of foreign money from our capital markets. Uh, how does that affect this uh, the sector? There's a, a, a very high correlation between foreign behavior in the bond market and what happens to the yields. You can, you can see, looking back over the last five years, if you look at foreign investor behavior, when they sell, the yields do move higher. And generally, when they buy at the margin, it, uh, they would come lower as well. So foreigners have dictated a lot of the moves as well. They don't always get it right, but we do see at the margin the, the market behaving. Uh, in that way. They've sold over 50 billion rands worth of our debt this year and yields, as you can see, are, are a lot higher over the course of the year. And that selling really started from about March going forward. So foreigners at the end of last year were actually net buyers of our bonds, whereas this year they've turned sellers and, and that's the position at the moment. Is the 50 billion a significant amount in the context of total foreign holdings? Mm. Not necessarily. So it's, it is a, it's a large amount. Obviously, when looking at the fiscus and looking how much funding is required, and we know that the medium-term budget, weekly issuance has gone up. And so it, it, is, it is something, of course, that is, uh, that is significant enough to move the price. And, uh, but foreigners are large holders of our, our, our debt in issue, and uh, they, they form an important part of the market. So the higher yields have been attracting them back in certain areas too, though. Let's talk about bonds. Uh, which bonds are you investing in uh, locally? So when you're looking at bond investing, you, you obviously would take the yield curve into consideration. You would overlay that against your inflation expectations and look at the, sort of the implied real return. That's excluding a credit call. So, so we'd be looking at what is still a, a positively sloped yield curve in South Africa. And so longer end bonds outside of the benchmarks 186, which is a, around an eight-year uh, duration or eight-year maturity bond. Longer than that, you can pick up close yields close to around 10% if you're comfortable with the duration risk. 
But also on top of that, we look at credit bonds. We can look at floating rate bonds too. So, for instance, banks have been big, uh, have been regular issuers of senior debt into the market, and that carries a, a credit pickup over the government yield curve. So a lot of our uh, portfolios are positioned in corporate or credit bonds as well. Government bonds, we are seeing a lot of pressure on Eskom and some of the other parastatals. Uh, Are you investing in those bonds or would you consider investing if new bonds are put to market to try and and plug their liquidity problems? Mm. So there is a price for everything. Of course, a lot of the parastatal debt carries a government guarantee, making it equal in, in risk to a government bond. The you do, in fact, get a credit pickup on top of the government curve for buying parastatal debt to reflect the liquidity of a smaller issued uh, debt like that. Um, so at the right price, there is there, they are showing some value, um, but of course, it is mandate specific. So in a higher credit appetite type mandate, those would be suitable, but in your standard um, all bond index type mandate, your uh, credit exposure would would be more similar to the index, which doesn't carry a lot of parastatal debt at the moment. Mm. Is there a significant difference in the yields uh, between uh, private sector bonds and uh, government bonds? Yeah, you're looking, I mean, you are looking over three to five years of around a percent, a percent and a half pickup over the the government bond. So that is rather significant um, premium to pick up on that. Yeah, that is significant. The The money market, uh, what do you invest there? So in a money market type fund, you're typically limiting your duration exposure to around 90, 90 to 120 days. So more suitable in those funds are NCDs, uh, negotiable certificates of deposit issued by banks, which carry a high credit quality in, in their capital stack. And they also have guaranteed buyback prices quoted by the issuer. So it's a far more secure and stable product, more suitable to that low-risk product. Um, So you would be buying fixed and floating rate NCDs as well as prime-linked type deposits uh, issued by banks as well. So that would, would adjust immediately with your prime rate. I'm looking um, at the uh, APSA Money Market Fund. Um, It's not managed by you directly, but it's a massive fund, close to 72 billion rand, one of the biggest unit trusts in South Africa. Do you think fixed income funds get the media attention they should? They're starting to get a lot more attention, of course. And yes, the Money Market Fund is our our largest fund in the APSA Asset Management uh, Fund Suite. Um, it's shown a lot of uh, growth this year. It's been as high as 80 billion in the last couple of months as well. That's indicative also of this rotation in asset class of uh, institutions parking their cash in a money market type product. It's less an asset allocation call and often more a parking area in between reallocation as well. So it does pick up those, uh, those flows too. But it is a fantastic product that offers immediate ATM-like liquidity to our investors. And it's, it's, it's got a loyal following in both retail and the institutional market. APSA also recently launched a fixed deposit product where the marketing material promises an interest rate of 13% after five years. 
The effective rate is closer to 10.05%, but you need to lock up your money for five years. Uh, do you know what the average uh, holding period is for an investor in, in uh, the fixed income funds uh, at ABSA? So that's a, it's an interesting question. It's a product from ABSA that's gained a lot of uh, press coverage and attention. It obviously isn't offered by us. It's an on-balance sheet type product. So we've seen this in the sector. A lot of banks who are looking for those sort of deposits offer attractive yields from time to time. It is suitable for guys who are looking to tie their funds up for five years in this market with the uncertainty of investing at the moment. Um, we're seeing in, in our experience investors preferring the liquidity that, that uh, the unitized products, the unit trusts offer. So, but there, are, there certainly are guys uh, looking for that sort of a guaranteed yield over five years just because of all the uncertainty. But how long does uh, the average uh, investor in your products hold their investments? Yeah, we don't get a lot of turnover in the fixed income products. Um, the sort of bond fund, which, uh, which multi-asset investors use as a building block within those multi-asset strategies, that will be seasonal almost when bonds are in favor. We'll see asset growth and, and obviously the contrary applies. But when you've got your money market and cash type products, they generally are more stable investors. And especially when you have Regulation 28, where a certain percentage has to be held in money market instruments, the, um, we do find the typical investor is more stable uh, in, in its investment period. So although the liquidity um, is a big advantage, it's not always used um, as, as, as often as you would think. No, it isn't. But I think it's a, it's a, a, a comfort to have that insur assured liquidity available to you, as I say, for the money market, almost like an ATM. You can access your cash. And uh, I think in this day and age, investors want the ability to pull, pull the trigger should they need their funds immediately with all the uncertainty around. We uh, are, I think, in a renewed phase of Ramaphoria. There's a lot currently happening in our political environment um, we are seeing some uh, positive changes in, in personnel um, and there's also a big investment drive uh, by government driven by the president himself how could that impact the bond market so it being perceived as positive of course the the developments or be they seemingly slow at times as south africans we're very impatient we want to see positive changes that could influence economic growth and alleviate some of our our, our, our economic challenges um, but certainly if you take stock of the the, the changes over the last uh, almost 12 months they've been significant and uh, and the market does of course uh, represent when those po positive changes are made and um, I think as far as the investment drive that was well received a lot of what was announced was already common knowledge a lot of the pledges were already announced prior to that so the market didn't respond immediately with the sort of an aggressive uh, relief rally because a lot of that was in the market but we know over time it's going to add to uh, growth uh, and so that in turn will be positive for bonds in the long run. In what sense? Well, we're talking about the debt of a country. So the stronger your GDP, the, strong, the, the easier your ability to pay back your debt and, and lower your funding costs. And of course, if you're a holder of, of debt, then that would be beneficial to you. 
Thank you, James. We'll have to leave it there. That was James Turp. He is the head of fixed income at APSA Asset Management.